Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the YouthWorks Stay of Mind podcast. I'm Dave. Thank you so much for listening. Now, occasionally whilst recording the podcast, we run out of time and have to cut certain parts from the final episode. But these parts are still really, really helpful and important discussions to have. And today's is no different. This discussion was taken from the recording of our episode about sports ministry with Martin Bateman, Joya Pal George and Richard Witham. And in it, we talk about how to develop sports ministry into the beginnings of a discipleship journey for the young people taking part. I reckon, one of the, if I'm being honest, I think one of our struggles in it, and it's not related purely to sports mission and ministry, is the outreach is fairly straightforward. Take some help. But what, what's the end game? So what? So you've done the outreach, and then what happens to these young people or these families once they've been reached to? So we often claim it's outreach, but really we're outreaching so that we can drag them back in. And we're not dragging them back into the kingdom of God. We're dragging them back into our church structure and our existing way of doing worship, which may or may not be suitable for them. So uh, all of that, and I've not critiqued, that's, that's me. I've been, a, I've been an employed youth worker. I've been a volunteer. Um, I've done, you know, school stuff and sports stuff. And that's a critique of how I've gone about my kind of mission and ministry. So there's something really fascinating for me around almost the question being, what's the end game? Where, where are these young people going? Am I, am I showing faith or am I sharing faith explicitly? Am I sharing faith or am I seeking to grow faith? And not, they're all good. There's not right or wrong there, but by knowing what my purpose is, then I might know what the end game is. So am I being like a chaplain to this person? Am I being a, a Christian playing in my sports club or coaching in my sports club? Or am I gathering community kind of on my doorstep? But where are these people, where are they going to go? Where's their lifelong community of emerging disciples let's call them that's kind of that's kind of our my kind of fascinating question with um scripture union and and with you know all of us we all kind of all our organizations work together and kind of tackle those sorts of things where are they going without kind of suifying it in our terms it's almost well, where's the grow community so wh- where are they going to grow in their faith once they've had a chance to hear, once they've been outreached to, perhaps once they've responded to. And that's a massive responsibility and a tremendous joy. Well, tremendous, there's a word you not often say, a tremendous joy uh, for the local church to join in with. No, I was just going to say, I think that that's great. And I think probably over the years of being involved in youth work, this idea of outreach and it feeling like we're letting the drawbridge down for a little bit, going out, coming back and hopefully bringing a couple of people with us. Um, I've wrestled with and I, I just wonder if there's new opportunities for actually for that continued growth to continue to happen on the sports field for that to be an established community in itself and, and not need to come back to be in a worshipping community that looks and like smells exactly like church that we've been talking about but actually is is new and it's his own thing um, and where so where I was talking about sort of engaging community and it's not just a project, but actually it's a commitment to live and breathe and be part of that community for a long time, you know, for for our church family, for our, the coaches to actually say, I'm invested in this area 
this estate, this this street that I live on, I'm committed to it and I'm going to grow with these people. So I'm going to change as I share Jesus and point people to Jesus, but I'm going to see them change as they come to know Jesus and I come to know their story as well. Um, which, Richard, I'm not saying it's straightforward to do um, and certainly not um, necessarily a, a tried and tested model everywhere. And yet I just wonder, actually, asking some of these questions now might breathe life into some some of those ideas. So I've got, I've got I've shut up hundred uh, percent. So that's that's what gets me out of bed for my ministry and mission. It's that it is the end goal. So the fascinating thing with our work locally around Gloucestershire in the diocese is we're absolutely seeking to set up new established or in a sense new worshiping communities where it is it's the kids who have met on the mugger. It's those that have joined the kind of the Pilates church. That's where Christ is. How do how do they grow in their faith? within that place and i think you're you're 100 spot on it, it it isn't as tried and tested as i would love it to be and we're in this interesting time i think across a number of our organizations as we chat to each other and as we root this and serve our church structures that we are it's going to be tried and it's going to be tested because we're we are at that point and it has to be obviously i'm amazingly biased but it, it will it, it won't be as we think it will be but it will be successful if we're willing to do it properly and that is actually the incredibly difficult thing it, it's relatively easy to do some of the connecting things it's incredibly hard to invest in a community it's incredibly hard to give your life and to love that cohort kind of into christ and beyond into their faith i think there's something massively within youth ministry as a whole around that at the minute though and probably the, the church as a whole which is that off the back of being in lockdown on the back of that kind of people that were and it's terrible phrasing but people that effectively were on the edge on the fringe of church that are kind of maybe kind of we, we lost contact with or maybe they've come further in as we start to re-meet again and and sort of meet as churches it even asks the question of what does church look like in that more like even in that established place it goes how do people find a home here but equally it says like Actually, particularly for youth ministry, where we've like uh, the take the example of my own youth group, which seems to be one of my big, big examples at the moment is we have about 30 odd young people on our books, on our books. Like technically, there are people that there are young people that show up on a regularish basis in, in the past. And we've probably connected with between um, on average three to about nine or 10 of them every week. And so. So there's a discrepancy there that says actually there's there's probably two thirds that most of the time we haven't connected with. But what that says is, do we go back to the norm or do we even carry on with what's going on here? How does that what does that look like to meet them where they are in their place? Um, and, and therefore kind of like, but, but recognise that small will be probably very beautiful um, because actually small is where you put down deep roots. Actually, it's, that's where just, that's where you disciples are grown. It's not in the it's not in the on mass, is it? And and I think that's where um, it's all right. I, you 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 sparked a, one of my little rant moments in here, but it's but it's actually the fact that we we focus so much on worship, and worship becomes the focal point of the church, and that's right, and that's good, and God is to be worshipped. But actually, it's like where do the roots go down? Because that isn't discipleship. That isn't where you, that's where you get sort of some teaching and some input, but it isn't where you put down roots. It's not where you do community. That's where you do, that's worship. And that's where you meet and you gather. 
that actually is the rest of life. How do we inspire that in children, young people, families that they put down deep roots? How do we, where are those spaces that we can do that with them and alongside them, that those churches look different? They may look a whole heap smaller, but how do we do that? And how do we connect with the people that currently church don't see? And I think that's huge for me. And I know I realize that all of your organizations are missional organizations and that is the heart of it, isn't it? It's like, how do we get to the people that aren't there and we don't see in, in traditional church? Um, sorry, run over. <laughs> oh, no, I've run too harsh. It's called a passion. We're allowed to have passion. Yeah, no. We, we, never have to be, we never have to be make excuses for our passions. It's a good passion. Well, thank you. It is an example for you. So in a church that I used to go to, um, we started up a, a football night. Um, where some guys from the church wanted to play football and then we in- invited some non-Christian uh, people outside of church to come and play with us. And we wanted it to, we, we were hoping that it would develop into some sort of ministry um, opportunity. Um, so we had quite a large group of people come in. There was at least 20 who wanted to play every single week. Um, but it got up to kind of 30 in, in some uh at different points um but trying to the the ratio of people who came to that and then started coming to the over a church or uh, a small group or some other aspect of of church life was very very small and we we struggled with the like like what's next the what's next that we've talked about are there have there been any good what next that you've seen um or is this something that sports ministry is is still trying to to work out i think for me my question about that particular situation i'd say were those guys friends though did they become friends yeah they maintain a friendship over time because what might have not looked like them turning up to an alpha course straight after in meeting every week might have been actually long-term friendships that were built and conversations that you may never have known about that were taking place. And um, and I guess, Richard, you and I touched on that very uh, uh, a little bit earlier today, didn't we, about what does it look like? What does that what next look like? And is it going to be a one-size-fits-all? And is it going to look like bringing them all back to this other thing that looks and feels and breathes a, a lot like traditional church? Or... Do we open up that opportunity for the what next to look a little bit different? And so um, if I give an example of a what next, uh, one of our kick academies um, runs out of a Church of England church. Um, It it happens on an estate because that then makes it convenient for the young people from the estate to come along to it. I have petitioned the council so much to get uh, some of the dog mess cleared up, but we do that every session before uh, it takes place because that is the space that they want to play in. And um, I would say that none of the young people that come along have any sort of church background and are all from other faiths, actually. Um, And yet they come along every week and we play football and they let me muck in as well um, and entertain the fact that I give it a go. and. over that time it's gone from we're just here we're just playing football we're just doing this because there's nothing else for us to do in the community to talking about our problems at school actually yeah we would like you to pray for us yeah actually some of the themes that you've talked about yeah they do resonate with us yeah i do remember what you said last week 
And, um, and we've moved into, we're a group that pray together. Still, no one's put a label on, you know, have I committed, have I been washed in the, the blood of the lamb or anything? No one's put a label on that, but we're, that's part of our routine, our tradition, our ritual that we carry out on the football pitch. And, um, and so then when there was an invitation to come along for some food, because you've got to gather and have food together, right? <laughs> and then when we did that, the families came and said, you've looked after our young people. You've, you've cared. They want to come and talk to you about what's going on in their lives. We'll come to some of your events because we know you, we trust you. And we wanna, we're intrigued as to what these relationships are that our young people have built with your coaches that are really fantastic role models for our young people. And um, I don't know, you're asking about a what next. I think it's a pretty cool what next, actually. Um, and it might not have looked like bums on seats at church, although no one's got a bum on their seat at church at the moment, have they? Um, I'm decorating uh, the kitchen at church. <laughs> exactly. But right now, those that same group of young people who can't do grassroots sports at the moment turn up on WhatsApp, turn up on Zoom for whatever interaction there is because there is an ongoing relationship that's happened there. That for me is a pretty cool. What's next? Yeah, love it. Uh, one and one of the things we did with um, Scripture Union Local Mission partner down in Gloucestershire um, is posing that question that there is a, there's a desire for the what next. So we kind of evaluate and monitor all the stuff that's going on. So we we ran um, non-residential sports camps. We explored Jesus. We ran. Um, sports activities in school so there's an invite around church school we meet them on the muggers um multi-use games areas i lived in liverpool for a while it's not that sort of mugger um we kind of but then all these children young people got asked this kind of question and we're, we're talking hundreds of them if the church was to do something similar and regular would you be would you keep coming and obviously it's a slightly yeah you know, it's a slightly false question but the amount of kids and they're not asked with their parents or their teachers around the response to yeah we'd come again we'd want to do this more regularly was absolutely massive like you're talking 90 percent plus and then the question which goes back to church of which that's me because that's i'm part of churches so what is your next because they're not coming to what you're currently doing but they're expressing a real desire that they will and they want to now the ball's back in my our court then so that that kind of challenge of um there there is a desire and it is possible so we'll, we'll tell a few like really quick stories so we can i can picture in my mind i don't want to i don't want to name them um places where uh after school clubs have been um running school explicitly sport but also sharing faith and then um some sweaty church being set up so again in the church um, in the school halls so and not in a church building and a community being built because of the invite from we've seen you here do you want to come here I can think of another place where there was interaction in school then we almost pick the, the the slightly scabby bits of grass or the mugger where young people naturally congregate then we go there and then it's almost slightly slightly traditional four o'clock church service chaotic but then the young people naturally filtered in there was a table tennis club before and then we ate before and then they'd stay on. So you'd be like, yeah, you guys are you know, a bit weird, but sound. Well, we'll what have you got to say about Jesus? Well, that's, that's a good enough start. 
um, for me. Um, like I think another one where two years, this group of young adults played football on the mugger, on a, no, on an Astra, proper football pitch. Um, the, the scallies of the area, two years they played. They knew the people running it were Christians, never did anything around faith. Then one day they went, tell you what, I think now's the time. Um, afterwards, we're going to go back to this cafe. Uh, they hired out the whole building. It was owned by a Christian. And we were going to have, I think it was like bacon butties, and we're going to watch a Christian, short Christian film, um, which explores faith. Who's up for it? Every young adult came. They all went back. They all at. They all watched, and they all engaged. Um, and that was the beginning of their community. And I think for me, it's where's the end result? None of that. I can't. I'm not going to say they're all successful. They're all. You know, some of them had a lifespan because. Sadly, the person leaving it might move on, but that 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 is their that is their Christian community. They don't need to transition into that is their end game. So we have we need to invest more heavily in that end game. And one of the things which kind of we're seeking to do is to find not so much the the paid employed youth worker or sports expert, but the people who that community is their home. They live there. They volunteer. They're not going anywhere. They're actually the most important people for the longevity of those new grow communities. So they're the ones where we really want to support and coach um, for that long, long-term relationship. Because sadly, your employed workers, whether that's your church leader or your youth worker or your sports person, has a, has a lifespan. And if we can't, I'm not in a position to be able to fix that, but we know that the people who live on the estate, that is their home. They're going nowhere. So that's the key person. In kind of SU language, they become the faith guide. They're the person who becomes the critical person and you build some infrastructure around them to ensure there is a lifelong community where these young people can encounter God and they don't need to be like substituted back into proper church. Amen to that. It's all about how do you find that? How do you find what is there for their space? Um, I was on a, my wife and I have volu- for, uh, volunteers in a youth group, and we were we were reflecting on what I said earlier in terms of numbers, and we went like, it's one thing is 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 like numbers actually shouldn't be the marker, which is really important. Um, so I'm putting that out there before it starts, before I start. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually something that says there is for young people. For a lot of young people, it's like, what do they? what's the initial starting point that they come for? So for a lot of them, it's like, you know, with, with sports ministry, it's like, I want to go and do this sport. And then as, you, as you've all articulated is, is actually the relationship builds. And it's from that relationship and that place of relationship that you actually get to have those conversations. And that's when you start to ask that question, like what's next? How do we, how does this, not how do we turn this into a youth group, but how does this actually start to reflect what, kind of this is becoming how does this kind of take a next step that when they're starting to ask questions like how do we create the space for that to happen not how do we manufacture a space today but like actually what would what would do that right for them and and i think there's like, you know there's there's always that balance of like needs-based ministry and stuff like that but i think there is something that goes when this happens and we connect like how does we have to ask those questions so so well and um and I think there's, there, but I think it's, it, but I think it poses a question, interestingly, for the whole church in terms of how we do youth work. So all the things you've articulated today actually are not specific to sports ministry. It's actually saying like, when, when do we get young people in, even young people that come to our youth group, it's going, why do they come? 
do they come because they they you know their their friends are there? Do they come because so that is there is already community, or is it around the fact that their parents have forced them? Or have you got that that group that go, I want to come because this is what I want to do? And actually, quite often that's going to be quite a small small cluster. But it's from that point. It's like, what does that shape like? Um, and in some ways, it's, it's it, that's the question you're asking. But you're creating that outside of a church context and starting to say, well, how does it shape and and look like the questions and revolve around those questions? That's really exciting. Sorry, I kind of was just just a little bit of a reflection on like just how, that wider context for for the church in terms of what we're saying. And I, that's just brilliant. Really exciting. Yeah, sport, sport's only a lens. You know, it's not as much as I love it. it, I, it it's a part of God's creation. It is a lens. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a uniqueness to sport. One of the uniqueness of sport is saying X percent of people are passionate about it and they're interested in sport and physical activity. And for those people that really struggle with it, actually, we need to help them be physically active because it's good for them mentally as well. So it's kind of that bit. But it is purely, it is purely a lens. Well, I firmly believe, I, I hope I never slip into a use sport for dot, 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 because that kind of, I don't know, that somehow that bothers me. Um, but sport is purely a lens. The kingdom of God, um, Christ, death, resurrection, ascension is a, a, a whole lot better than, than sport. And it does relate to all of the other ministries of church. And, and it's so it's fundamental what we're talking about. How do you get people from the field or from their workplace into this worshipping community and then not to get too deep but it's like what is the worshipping community then you know because in north africa where i used to live and work uh, quite a while ago you meet in people's homes or you meet under the local tree or you you know the, you have a radio that's your your church because because legally uh, it was you weren't allowed to meet as as believers in some of the nations where i used to live and work and so in that way you know, what is the essence of, of our church community these days? So we're doing an activity that isn't necessarily sport related, but then, you know, how do you, how do we make church or these activities welcoming for people that aren't used to being there? And, um, and hopefully, I say hopefully, because you don't always see it. Hopefully churches are addressing these issues and thinking about them because otherwise you're a little club for, for, for the members, which is not what we're, we're supposed to be. And, um, and I think you see that across across the uh, diocese that we're in here in Blackburn. It's good to have Ben, local lad. Um, but you, you've got a whole variety. You've got rural rural churches um, that, are, that haven't got a lot of young people in them. You know, the average age of people that are in church or the average number of kids that are in church is, is, is a handful, literally, in the Church of England with all the analysis they've done. And so we've got to do something. And I think churches realise that, but it's helping them realise... Just get out there and be church in your community and then helping them understand what that means. So then we've now got on to second lockdown. So we're still doing Saturday morning football. We were doing it. We did it as soon as we could get out of lockdown. And I'm linked to a few other coaches around Lancashire as well. That One guy was providing little drills you could do at home and all this stuff, stuff with, with footballs. But then last week, I was a, a bit of a lost thing. Oh, lockdown again. And so um, I asked my kids who are... 14, 12, and 9, said, oh, what should we do? And they said, Among Us. You know Among Us? Among Us is a thing to do, guys. So I said, okay, let's let's try that. So text all the parents. I don't think the parents really knew what I was doing. So I said, we're going to do Among Us, whatever. <laughs> and um, more kids turned up than we did when we did our virtual Zoom coaching sessions in the first lockdown. But we wanted to have an environment where they wanted to be, and you know, they wanted to be there. They could do Among Us. They could be on a Zoom call. 
and we chatted and we were with them as coaches who were Christians as well. But we had a chance to be able to share and we did a little thing at the beginning, but you know, it's addressing their needs and seeing how what 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 makes them tick, how do you get them together? And then having a launch pad from there. I hope you enjoyed this longer than usual bonus clip and found it helpful. We'd love to carry on the conversation with you and the best place to do this is on our Instagram account at youthworkstateofmind. There we and many others in the youth ministry community can discuss what these things mean for us in our own contexts. And of course, we will post all of our past and future episodes and talking points so you don't miss a single thing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your devices. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you again for our next episode. Thanks for listening to this bonus content for the YouthWork State of Mind podcast. It was a Blackburn Diocese Board of Education production. It was produced by Ben Green and David Harris with music from Purple Planet. You can listen to more of their music at purple-planet.com. Special thanks to Martin Bateman, Joya Pal-George and Richard Witham for joining us on this episode. For more episodes and excellent youth work resources, visit our website bdeducation.org.uk and make sure you follow us on Instagram at youthworkstateofmind to be kept up to date with youth work where you are.